0: Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I am very pleased to uh, get to our guests in just a second. First, I wanted to remind you that we've interviewed over 600 advisors, authors, and thought leaders, and we've recorded all of them so you can listen to them anytime. There are 35 different topic file folders you'll find on our audio library at ExacoachRadio.com. Uh, everything from learning how to work within your small business uh, to to enhance your leadership, to prepare your family business for transition, get your business ready for sale, uh, prepare for your life after exit, a wide variety of topics, so please join us there. My first guest today is Chris Ruizzi, and he's joining us from the Coaches Zone in Holmdale, New Jersey. Let me tell you a little bit about Chris. He's the founder and CEO of the Coaches Zone, and he's an experienced business coaching professional with an exceptional record of leadership in both large and small businesses. He mentors and guides executives and business owners to find their stretch point to learn the full measure of their capabilities, and he helps them to master being comfortable, feeling uncomfortable, Uh, and that's so important today to get outside your comfort zone. His book, Step Up and Play Big, How to Be Exceptional in Eight Simple Steps, has received wide recognition as being a practical tool for anyone who desires to achieve more. Chris, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: Chris, it uh, sounds very fascinating your book and and what you do. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started as a, uh, a coach for business owners.
1: Well, um, I like to joke that I was uh, you know born in a personnel department back in 1970, and that I came down the Hudson River in a wicker basket and was raised <laughs> by personnel people. But that's where I got my my grounding, if you will. I only worked for two companies. One was a bank for about four years, and then. I moved on to a company called U.S. Life Corporation and mm-hmm. uh, as director of personnel, but eventually wanting to uh, get my hands dirty and get in, and get into the mix, eventually became president and chief operating officer and CEO of that company. Uh, my last assignment was to sell of the company, which at the time was about a $2.5 billion transaction. Now, how I got into what I'm doing now is that as I progressed in my leadership journey, if you will, it really became important that I not do as many things as I used to do and begin to develop and teach people how to do the things that they should be doing to relieve me of duties so I could focus on more strategic issues or the things that best capitalize on my skills. So in essence, what a coach does is that he shows his players that they do have the capabilities. They may have to make a change, and that's where the being comfortable being uncomfortable comes in, but they may have to adapt some new habits, new behaviors, or unlearn some others and my job at some point in my career was to build teams to be able to uh, execute on our strategy, and um, it's that concept, if you will, that I carry forward today into my my coaching practice. And I I describe myself as a simple old country coach who carries the equipment bag and keeps score. My clients uh, do the do the work on the pl- on the field of play in their businesses.
0: Well, yeah, but except uh, with the difference that you played in the big leagues before you came back down to the, to the little league field with your coach's bag. Um, yeah, it was just and, a matter
1: of scale. Yeah, same challenges.
0: <laughs> and, and it sounds like something that you know, you've you've always loved, or you were well suited to do, is to build teams and help others to build their teams. So it's very fascinating that uh, you you retired as a CEO of a company or help at, that you helped sell. And then you came back down to the level of coaching and giving. Was that uh, considered? Uh, did you think about that long and hard before you started that as an encore career? Or did you think, you know, I know I'm not going to do uh, start another company and build it up? Or where'd you where'd you go with that?
1: I decided that, um, you know, the transaction when we sold the company was about, I was about age 55 at the time. Uh, no, sorry, I was about 51, 52. Uh, I take that back. And I decided it was time to do something different. And as I look back at my career, I took about a year to do a mental tooth brushing and uh, then decided to start up my own little business and uh, work with entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders, C-suite executives, things of that nature.
0: Well, it's fascinating um, that your, your Encore career is to help people learn what you did to step up and play big. And, the, again, the name of the book is Step Up and Play Big, How to Be Exceptional in Eight Simple Eight. Steps. Can you sum up with us what those eight steps are?
1: Sure. The first one is you need to have a vision, or in other words, you need to have some clarity as to where you want to go and where you want to be. And I like to ask people, just plan it out for two years, and then you can, along that journey of two years you'll get smart and you can then add incremental years to that period. Um, so without that clarity, you're going to spend more time than you should going down dead ends, hitting bumps in the road, and uh, finding yourself confused and overwhelmed you're never going to eliminate those factors but by having a clear focus as to what you want to build um uh, it helps you get to where you want to go a lot faster and maybe with a few less black and blues along the way uh one of the second steps is to be able to make um tough decisions you know if it's uh In any any career, any business, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work in a corporate environment, you have to make tough, tough decisions. And the longer you wait and uh, and agonize over them, the worse the situation gets and more opportunities are missed. So it's the ability to recognize that you have to make a a tough decision. After that, how you communicate the decision to get others to buy in, to understand where you're coming from. They may not agree with it. But if you can get them to understand and buy in, you're light years ahead of those who are fighting with people to try to, quote, change their minds. Um, Mm -hmm. Next is understanding what leadership is and what leadership isn't. And uh, the simplest thing there is leadership isn't a corner office. It's not a title. Leadership is the ability to get people to embrace your vision, to see where they fit in, to teach them where they fit in. And to help them understand that what they do is important to move the organization forward. Excuse me. Uh, Mm -hmm. After that, it's the ability to uh, to develop your team. You know, teaching people not only what they do, how they do it, why they do it, but also where it fits in, who they do it for, and how what they do is important. In this way, you can begin to lay the foundation for employee engagement and getting people to help move your organization forward. One of the the last of the eight steps is the ability to develop your own self-improvement plan. A leader who is is constantly looking at ways to make themselves better is like years ahead of those who just keep going through the same motion because I've found in my experience that when you get better, everything around you follows.
0: Mm, That's very good, very good. So I I got uh, clear vision, making tough decisions, and and especially making them quickly and, and implementing on them. Communicating the decision, understanding leadership to where, uh, helping uh, figure out where people fit in, and then developing your teams and self improvement. Did I miss a couple along the way?
1: Uh, I don't think so, but uh, let me just double check. I mean, I, I do it all the time. Um, the oh, the, I'm sorry. The one, one of the more important ones is uh, <laughs> that I did miss is uh, developing habits, the right ah. habits. Okay. Our habits define us, and the habits that got you to one level of success, whether you be an entrepreneur or or otherwise, may not be the same habits to get you where you want to go. For example, if I want to be in a certain place in my business, revenue-wise size, whatever the case may be, in two years, I may have to learn how to delegate better or communicate better or learn how to plan better or learn how to not get caught up in the minutiae. So you've got to pay, you know, the, the most important habits that any successful individual needs to, to master, if you will, are self-discipline and persistence. Mm. And especially uh, for some of you members of your audience who are or maybe you're trying to lay the foundation for an exit from their business, those habits become critically important to, for them to get to where they want to go in order to realize the benefits of what they built in their business.
0: And Great point, point. and what the, one of the key things that we emphasize over and over again, especially for our smaller and mid-sized business owners that are, that are really the cheap cook and bottle washer, is, is the fact that someday they will not be at that business. They need to start that delegation process now so that they can spend more time. So give us your, your take or your insight. If you were to tell someone, okay, you do too, much, too many C-priority uh, tasks and, and you don't spend enough time on the A-priority tasks, so let's free up some time. What are the A-priority tasks beyond what you've told us so far for a leader?
1: It's it's the things that they are best suited to do. I'll start at a higher, at 30,000 feet and try to work my way down. It's the best use of their skills and abilities, not and not to do things that they're comfortable doing or they find easy to do. All right? Great job. And, mm-hmm. and and they what they have to do is to constantly ask themselves the question, at various points in the day or whatever the case may be, is this the best use of my times? Am I working on the right thing? Is this the best use of my skills? If not, who else can do this? Hmm, I don't have anybody who can do this. Then who can you train to do this? And that's where delegation comes into play. And my advice to my clients is if you can live with the worst possible outcome, you delegate it. But clearly Mm. you don't delegate something in advance of creating a problem. You work with someone and you delegate it in such a way that you start off that that person has a pretty good understanding of what they need to do. So there's got to be some good communication between the two of you and that you're able to periodically measure how well they're doing to catch surprises before they become too damaging. Excuse me. You know, you can't create any more time during the course of a day, but you can redirect the time that you currently have. And what 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 leaders and your your audience needs to know or, listen or learn is that it's not time management; it's you management. It's what they do with the time that they have available to them in the course of a day. So if they don't have someone who should uh, who can take over their responsibilities of as a controller, if you will, then you need to find somebody, and they need to fit in with their skill set into the vision you're trying to create. Do you bring somebody on board who can help you get from point A? To point B, because there isn't a business owner or business leader I know who can single handedly pull his company over the finish line all by themselves
0: very good wisdom that's that's very important for our listeners to hear, especially from someone who's done it like yourself now let's talk about let's talk about the herd mentality. Why is following a
1: crowd a bad idea? Well, you know Yogi Berry once said, don't always follow the crowd. a lot of people go there it gets too crowded and <laughs> Uh, you know the point is, um, just because a lot of people go there doesn't necessarily mean it's the right path for you. Without that clarity of that vision, you don't know the path, so you're going to be you're prone to follow the crowd. You're probably you're prone to do what others do, but that may not be the right choice for you. And you've got to be able to have the courage and your own abilities to take that risk and try and, and take that first step along the way. Now, what's the worst that could happen? You'll make a mistake. Okay, mistakes are great ways to learn. It's okay to make mistakes, just learn how to make glorious recoveries. But, you know, not to follow the crowd requires some risk-taking. And what I always tell the audiences that I speak to and clients that I work with is, to be successful in business and even in life, you've got to move like a turtle. And I don't mean slowly, I mean you've got to stick your neck out. Because without risk-taking, there is no. you're not going to realize the full measure of success that you should.
0: I like that sticking like your neck it. out, move neck like a turtle. turtle. Great, great 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 concepts. Now, let's talk about let's business talk about owners that get in their own way and self-sabotage. Uh what what is self-sabotage and why is it harmful?
1: Self-sabotage when you start to is is as finds its its birthplace in your mindset. When you start to harbor more negative thoughts as opposed to positive thoughts about what about what you're capable of doing. When you start to have doubts about yourself and you accept those doubts and you begin to utter the, the, the very dangerous words, I can't, you're all of a sudden lowering your success bar. You're setting lower expectations for yourself, and you're going to eventually live those expectations, and you start a downward spir- spiral into mediocrity and maybe even worse. I've seen people complain to me about, I never got that promotion. Well, you're sending a message that you can't do something. So all of people and people are recognizing that in you and they're just responding to the signal and actions you're sending them. So they self-sabotage themselves. They self-sabotage themselves by trying to be perfect. Perfection is is an impossible task. It doesn't exist, I tell people. Rather than pursuing perfection, just try to do the best you can. Learn, prepare, apply that knowledge, learn from that experience and then move on to the next challenge. And when you try to study all the sides of a circle, that's what that's what perfectionists do. Uh, you end up limiting yourself. You end up slowing your growth and your own development. And that has uh, very detrimental effects in terms of self-sabotage, not only on yourself but possibly your business and all the people that work for you. If you don't demonstrate that you're willing to grow, you're going to hire a whole bunch of people who don't want to grow, and you're going to find yourself with a company full of only mediocre folks, and your customers will vote with their feet and go elsewhere.
0: Well, that's that's, okay, great, that's uh, great knowledge of to knowledge impart to our listeners. To our listeners. Uh, Chris, uh, how do employers how do punish their best employees? employees. I mean, uh, everybody, everybody wants to reward their best reward employees, their but best. why would somebody be uh, punishing their best employees, and how do they do it?
1: Well, they do it by, you know, if you and I, are Bill, were employees in the same company, and you were a great worker, and I was a slacker, okay, our boss, we'll use Julie, we'll give her an important role, <clears throat> Julie would come to me, could come to you and say, Bill, look, Chris would normally do this, but you know how slow he is. You know how you know he makes a lot of mistakes. I know I can count on you, Bill, to get this done. And you say to Julie, sure, Julie, anything for the team, I'll do it. So what happens? You work late. I go home regular time. And eventually your attitude, your good attitude about wanting to help out for the team is going to get, uh, it's going to shrink, it's going to be invisible at some point because you're being punished because of my lack of performance and also because of Julie's lack of courage to deal with my performance issues.
0: So not looking for reality in a a situation and 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 glossing over some some of the realities can actually punish some of the employees. employees.
1: Yeah, because Julie knows to go to you to get the job done when it's actually my job. Oh, I see. OK, it's actually my role. To, it's my job to do that thing with that task. But she knows that I've been, I'm sort of a slow worker. I'm a slacker and I've got some performance issues. And at the end of the day, she goes to you because she knows you can get it done. Eventually, you're going to get tired of getting it done for me because you've got your own plate of activities that you've got to work on.
0: Mm-hmm. And now the whole organization the whole starts to permeate.
1: Well, eventually, you're going to go find yourself a new game to play in. And Julie's going to be left with a whole bunch of mediocre employees uh, who aren't getting it done. You know, to make it even worse, Julie may give me a lousy raise thinking I'll get mad and quit, but I'm happy I got any raise. And maybe that money right. should have gone to you. So eventually, you know, your great attitude is, is going to go away, and you're going to decide, these people really don't appreciate it. they just working me to the bone because Julie won't deal with Chris because he's just not up to speed, and she doesn't know how to sit down with Chris and have a candid, objective performance discussion.
0: So So, these are some of the issues that leaders have to deal with. It's a tough job and it's something that they need to deal with and I'm sure you've made some mistakes along the way, Chris. How do mistakes actually help you
1: Well, mistakes give you an opportunity uh to learn from what you did i I use the analogy of uh, of a championship or all championship teams, and what they do after every game, you know they, they play football on Sunday, they take Monday off, but on Tuesday, they're all watching the game films from the Sunday game. And they're looking at what worked, and they're looking at what didn't work. Their mistakes, and they're going to ask themselves four questions as they look at those game films, and specifically at the mistakes. They're going to ask themselves, based upon what took place in this game, what are we going to start doing in the next game, stop doing in the next game, do more of, or do less of in the next game. So mistakes, while they're you know they're disruptive at times, they provide an excellent uh, learning uh, ground to help you become better for the next time. Now, if you keep making the same mistakes, that's a whole other problem. But um, mistakes, uh, at least you've tried. You had the courage to act. Uh, you Maybe your execution was uh, was was rocky, if you will. But mistakes provide you the opportunity to learn what you did wrong and what you need to do to make it right the next time. A lot of people, when they experience mistakes, want to get as far away as possible from that experience. And my, my point is learn from what took place and leave the worst parts behind you. So I guess
0: the point, so guess there, is the point to, there is to is to uh, figure out a way to watch way your, to... your own game films and learn from that mistake and then really take that to heart and That's make sure that you're, that, you're that you're cognizant of that cognizant. so you never do it again. Don't just, yep. don't, don't, just, uh, don't just forget about it and leave it behind.
1: Exactly right. There's an awful lot of knowledge available from your own past experiences.
0: Well, speaking of an awful lot of knowledge, in 20 minutes, uh, Chris, we've covered a lot of ground. And, again, I want to remind listeners that they can find your book, Step Up and Play Big, How to Be Exceptional in Eight Simple Steps. And, of course, we covered some of those key points, but I I can imagine there's just a ton of wisdom in there. How do our listeners get that book?
1: They can go to Amazon and order it, uh, you know, there. It comes both in a hard copy, soft copy, uh, paperback, as well as, uh, you know, electronic version. They can go to my website and order. And if they order from my website, uh, I have both hard copy as well as paperback, I'll sign the book for them and send them some Step Up and Play Big Chocolate, which is a special energy boost for them.
0: Wonderful. Okay. And, and you also, and your website is what?
1: ChrisRuisi.com.
0: That's C-H-R-I-S-R-U-I-S-I.com.
1: .com. And if they go there, well, I would I would urge them to sign up for my Monday morning wake up call, which is a free newsletter. It comes out every Monday morning at 7:30. It shows up in your inbox, and it's on a, one particular topic. Uh, this past week, the question was, Do you have a significant other? And that by that I mean, do you have a good number two in your organization who will tell you like it is to keep you from getting into trouble.
0: Fantastic. What a great way to start the week. And thank you so much for starting our show today with some fantastic information for our guest, Chris. I hope you'll come back and join us again. I think we can get a lot deeper into these, especially these eight tips, these eight steps at another interview. But it's been my pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much.
1: Bill, my pleasure as well. Thank you.
0: We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com.